0: welcome back to the pineapple couch with b rob today is monday november 8th and this is episode 129 of the pineapple couch uh, fun show today i'm going to be joined by peter gonzalez to talk a little marvel breaking news that's come out over the weekend as well as we're going to break down the eternals just came out this last uh thursday night uh friday i guess technically um and so me and peter are going to talk all about eternals break down the whole movie so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but first we're going to start with some breaking news. Peter how are you and what do we got?
1: I'm doing great I'm very interested to have this conversation about Eternals I feel like we had some interesting text exchanges over the weekend Mm -hmm. um, about our conflicting views um, but also some similar views but we'll get to that but there is definitely some breaking news um, and one of them was Because as we've talked about in other podcasts, we've got like four or five conversations going on at once, Brian and I Mm -hmm. do, at any given time. He actually sent me the officially released No Way Home poster. But because Mm -hmm. we send each other so many things that I originally thought, initially thought, oh, this is another fan made poster. That's Mm -hmm. like, you know, him. Because if you look at the poster, it's basically Spider-Man in the, what's the proper name for this suit?
0: Uh, It's the iron spider suit and it's basically like he's in the exact pose that he is in the trailer earlier too, the teaser trailer, you know,
1: exactly. And you see the Dr. Octopus arms, you see some Mm -hmm. sand swirling around some electricity. But the biggest takeaway was that in the far, far background out of focus, in a sense, you see the Green Goblin, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, I feel like it was less impactful to see him than it was to see the pumpkin bomb. I feel like the pumpkin bomb gave more to me than seeing it in the background.
0: I I agree with that because that's so iconic. Um, There seemed to be like a little disappointment online about this poster. And that's literally only because people want to see Toby and Andrew Garfield in it. And I just get the sense they are not going to show us them in any of the previews or anything. And I'm at this point, I'm fine with that. I don't care. Save it for the movie. That'll be cool.
1: I think that might be the way that we're going, and because I am, I am hearing or seeing and hearing that, uh, because we are, we did get a brand new poster. Trailer mm-hmm. two isn't far behind, especially since Eternals has come out. It kind of is leveling the ground for like, okay, now we can put out full promo for this next movie. Which some rumblings say, yes, we're going to see all three Spider Men together. Some say we're going to be, it's going to make an allusion to them, and others say you're still not going to see anything. Mm-hmm. So why, I mean, I mean, it makes sense and it uh, doesn't because you and I talked about this. You know, it does build the anticipation because while most of us in the general population do fully believe in a, w- in, in a way that's parallels believing that Mephisto was going to show up in WandaVision, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. But here we've got so much concrete proof that's telling yeah. us, this is going to happen. That if it doesn't happen, it'll be interesting to see why it wouldn't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I would be stunned if it didn't happen in the movie. Like, that would blow like blow my mind. Like, I'm 100% sure it'll happen in the movie. Apparently, like, the... Um, the dispute about putting them in the trailer comes down to Sony wants to put them in, and Kevin Feige does not. He wants to save that surprise for the movie. There's been a lot of comparisons online, people saying, like, well, th- well how would you have felt if they put the portal scene in the endgame trailer? And that's, like, fair, but it's also, like... We know this is going to happen.
1: Yeah, and we didn't know portals necessarily was going to happen in the way that it happened. Like, we didn't know, like, you know, this was going to happen first portal, second portal, so forth. Like, you didn't have that. You knew that something had to happen when they came back, but you didn't really know. We didn't have this tangible sense that these people are coming back. You didn't Mm -hmm. know Cap was going to wield Mjolnir. You didn't know these things. Yeah. And so, here it's like, we've all seen the pic- pictures, we've all seen whether they're real or not real, we've all seen the interviews, the... Yeah. And again, just because someone in an interview says, oh, we're done, we're, our character's dead, or we're not coming back, or we're not doing anything, it's they like... Lie. Exactly. It's Marvel. It's like, not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. next project that we can talk about, which is um, so Black Panther 2, which mm-hmm. is good in production, and we may have mentioned earlier in a previous podcast that they had a bit of a speed bump because Letitia Wright, who has played Shuri, and allegedly the next Black Panther, had mm-hmm. an injury. So they pushed production of that movie a couple months. And then it was just announced also that the movie's going to be paused, basically, until 2022. They're not going to start up again. And this is obvious, this is lining up again with all of the controversy that's been going on, for lack of a better word, regarding statements made by Letitia about her views of vaccinations and everything, which is you Mm -hmm. know everyone is entitled to their own personal opinion at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But I did notice, interestingly enough, before what I'm about to say came out, one of the reliable leakers online had talked about how there was this big reveal coming in Black Panther 2 they didn't want to spoil, and then it actually came out, essentially, what that is, is that we are getting T'Challa's son, supposedly, in black panther 2 which is how the hell are they gonna ret on that
0: how the hell are they gonna be like oh yeah he had a kid
1: i feel like it doesn't line up with the character
0: yeah that i mean they're in a a weird spot obviously um so if it's so like basically what we're hearing is like shuri will be black panther for this movie and pass on that mantle to T'Challa's kid. Um, any chance that it's uh, him and Storm's
1: kid? You know, I would be okay with that situation. I would be on board with that kind of illusion, you know. But again, it's, I feel like that movie, they're in, it's such, because Black Panther was such a cultural phenomenon, which some people understand, some do not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're really trying to make sure that they stick the landing of this movie correctly in so many different ways. And they're just having all these variables tossed in which are kind of affecting what could happen with it. Mm-hmm. I think this is the one which in, in hindsight I didn't think it would be that has the most potential to like not stick the landing. Like it just could come, it oh, could yeah. be a disappointing you know, a sophomore slump in a sense for Black Panther 2. So I think
0: A lot of expectations.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in better news and more interesting news, um, so Disney Plus Day is on Friday, which Uh is they're going to talk a lot about Marvel and a lot of Marvel situations. And we actually just got the announcement that several Marvel movies are going to be released onto Disney Plus in their IMAX ratio format. So, which means that if you watch, if you watched, these movies which as most of us have there are those black bars on top of the film Mm -hmm. if you pay attention if you watch the imax ones when you go to the movie theater experience those bars are like super slim like they're hardly there and you have a bigger picture it's not cut up so Mm -hmm. these new versions on disney plus will be the expanded picture shot like it was supposed to be shot in a sense so you're not going to have those bars at the top that kind of cut off some of the things that you're seeing and will make for a more immersive experience of the movie which will tie in with shang chi being released onto disney plus on friday
0: do you think um so i have a theory of why they're doing this i think it's because they're realizing that they're gonna start doing uh they're gonna start dropping movies on disney plus too and like at the same time because what mcu movie this year do you think had the biggest opening weekend
1: it was black widow uh black widow I think it was no. black widow Open, opening opening a weekend yeah black widow did happen
0: mm-hmm. and so that recipe works. they have seen that, and the thing that's I think impressive about black widow is that that's like a prequel too, and they still were able to get the highest grossing uh weekend first weekend in the box office out of these movies, so I think that that along with the them doing this IMAX thing for Disney Plus all the wheels are putting in motion are being put in motion towards like when a movie comes out it's in the theaters and on Disney Plus which I am all for
1: as long as you don't watch it while multitasking um I think that's a good idea I think it's a good mm-hmm. idea to do it that way I mean and if, and as lo- I mean it works it has proven and I think that's a good theory because if you are tying it up with you know putting on shang chi onto disney plus the same time we do the IMAX releases and in a sense when eternals hits disney plus i think it's 95 days or so you know mm-hmm. it'll have the same thing so it's an interesting idea for them to kind of be like we're, we're gonna you're, we are gonna give you that option to have it at home we're gonna make sure it's as good as an experience as we can make it for you
0: yeah which is huge which i i am all for that i like that um and you mentioned shang chi uh coming to disney plus this friday uh other than that, I expect what we will get on Disney Plus today is an announcement of um, some new Marvel shows, potentially, as well as Star Wars. I think we'll actually see the trailer or teaser for the Obi-Wan show on Friday.
1: I think that's that's a pretty fair bet. I mean, even if it's even if we don't see necessarily Obi-Wan in the trailer, I think we'll definitely get something, a mm-hmm. snippet of something. I think we'll get more... Hawkeye, something too. I think it might get a little bit more just to really drive that one into the forefront of everybody's mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I'm very excited about that show. That'll be really good. I think
1: it's 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 yeah, the I'm I'm more excited for it than I thought I was going to be.
0: Hmm. I mean, I it's just like the familiarity of the character. I think. I because like so, I with think a lot of the new stuff. We miss our but old I team. But
1: I think it's gonna be good. Be, not good or goddamn a word. It's gonna be. I think it'll be better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That
0: is not saying much.
1: However, there are a lot of people, and I've met these people. I know these people that think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a better show than Loki.
0: That's insanity. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in like the bottom five things the MCU's ever done for me. So, speaking of that, let's talk Eternals. Oh, what a segue. Oh, what a segue. Peter, start us off
1: here. So here's the thing. So I saw Eternals twice this weekend. I saw it twice. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those people that I enjoyed this movie. And I would definitely say that I'm putting this movie up higher in the rankings that I think. But I also feel like this movie is going to be similar to Ultron in a sense where as years go by as things start to come out we're going to see a perspective is going to change a little bit because this movie was something else it was not the typical fare but before I let you hop in because I know you're just dying to hop in with Mm -hmm. your perspective last night um, I turned on the TV and Winter Soldier was on yeah, and Winter Soldier is my top ranking MCU film, and I watched it for a bit because why would I not? And yeah. it, re- it reminded me that at the time, Winter Soldier felt so different than anything Marvel had done up until that point. So when people, so then it, it brings to question when people say you're not oh, this comparing is Eternals
0: to Winter Soldier no, right now, no. are you? Okay, I'm not going there. Sure. What I'm
1: saying is, my, I I feel like I've forgotten in a sense, and maybe you can enlighten me but the recipe of what a standard MCU film it should be, because if we think about it, Winter Soldier was so wildly different than MCU. Ragnarok was so different. It was That phrase always tossed around. So then what do we expect out of an MCU property?
0: I think it varies project to project. Um, With Eternals, I think... So I'll start it off with, like... The Eternals were not popular in comic books. They were not popular. And so I kind of see that... As how they'll be in the MCU, I think there are some good moments in this movie, but I also think there are some really bad moments in this movie. Um, in terms of like my MCU ranking, I will say Captain—it's better than Captain Marvel, and I honestly think it's probably the, like the second worst thing the MCU's ever done. And I gave it a 4.5 out of ten and it was tough I wanted to like this movie I just felt like they're like they were trying to accomplish like so many different things in it in terms of setting up this cool like Chloe Zhao Zhao, um, like the way she does cinematography they're doing that really hard and then they go into this All this character development, which there's just too many characters for it to really work. So some of the holes in the movie really are just a direct result of that. And then it felt like in the third act, it was like, oh, shit, this is a Marvel movie. We got to do some shit. So we'll get into the specifics. I was pretty disappointed. But it's not the end of the world. There are some cool characters who are coming out of this, but it was... I was very surprised at, like, if you would have told me before the movie who my favorite people in the movie would be, I would not have, like, no way in hell I would have guessed who ended up being the best. And so, I don't know. I'm negative on it, but I'm looking forward to, like, we'll have a good conversation about what works, what doesn't work, what you think, what I think. So, do you want us like, how, we want to go through the plot here? How do we want to do this?
1: Yeah, definitely. But I do want to touch on one thing, because it's so interesting that... I would honestly rank this close to the edge of my top 10 Marvel films with what it accomplished for me. And in a sense, I would have rated this an 8.5, 9.5. So kind of, you know, again, we've got very different perspectives coming Mm -hmm. into this. So obviously, as as you mentioned, Eternals are not the most popular Mm -hmm. group of situations in the comic books. And I think I texted this to you that like this felt to me like my Guardians basically like this team up situation was I, I was I was more on board with than I am with the Guardians. But let's get into this. Let's, let's start with the mm-hmm. plot because the plot is a, is a place Re- where I did take some Re- issue with.
0: Yeah, really quick on your Guardians comment. Um, I will just say I, I, everyone knows big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. I I respect your opinion. But the, the acting and personality of Guardians of the Galaxy, like, compared to this movie, I feel like it's too different. Like, it's like one's the minor leagues and one's, like, the MLB. I just thought the person, like, I think basically every member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you put them in Eternals, would be the most personable and best character in the movie. But that's... Like picking it, it felt like a DC movie. I needed to say that it's just that that felt so much like
1: a DC movie. To the DC comment, I feel like it's glare. It glaringly for me was like Marvel doing DC better than DC has done DC.
0: Yeah, I mean the the thing is, is is that a better movie than the Justice League? Like, yeah, but. The characters in the Justice League are so much cooler that I would rather probably watch Justice League, even though the flaws of that movie are evident as well.
1: Interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Because, yeah. All right. So this plot situation. I It's 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 big. It's it's a big plot to digest. And, you know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a long movie, first of all, like I went into the movie yesterday, like yeah, way too long and i came out like at 6:45 or like 5:45 it was like super long but it didn't feel long to me necessarily in places i feel like this one could have been two movies in a sense with all the amount of things that we had going on mm-hmm. and i think what's what's kind of given that aspect to this is because we haven't given these disney plus shows where we really can breathe with the characters Grow with the characters and are able to see so many different things. It's excuse me harder when you do have the constraint of a movie, especially Mm -hmm. with this amount of characters. But I think the plot, which essentially, if you've seen the movie, is first you're meeting the the Eternals who were put on Earth by the Celestials to stop the deviants. The deviants, and then once they get rid of the deviants, their like work is basically done until they get called home, is what they believe. But reality is that Celestials created the Eternals and the Deviants so that they could prepare the world, so that then they could explode the world so that the next Celestial could be born to create another world.
0: They, like, fuel the life of a planet by, like, having the Eternals there to... Help mankind or whatever species along, and have them grow and prosper. And then that life energy um, is used to, like, basically crack open the planet like an egg, a fiery egg, and a celestial will be born, which are the giant fucking things in space, which Which, is a lot
1: uglier than you would expect a celestial celestial to be called. Uh huh. Which is Um, odd to me. It was just like.
0: Yeah, so let's get into the specific things that happened in the movie, like the plot, stuff like that. And we'll just kind of go talk about like how what worked for us, what didn't work, you know? Um, So we mentioned the Deviants. There's one named Crow. Flag Smasher territory. Um, Underdeveloped. And
1: pointless. He reminded me of Ultron, in all honesty, like his body. That's an insult to Ultron like just the, his 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 way he was built and stuff but also part of my issue again going back to the dc thing a lot of these deviants looked like the the sin deadly demon things in Shazam i don't know if you watch yeah, Shazam
0: but i didn't but they
1: they reminded me of those so I thought they looked bad yeah like it. they didn't look on their like menacing on their own situation like the deviants I could have, I don't know, the Deviant situation was hard because I wanted more out of it. But again, I also, I feel like Marvel doesn't always get the villains correct.
0: Yeah, they use the Deviants essentially like as a distraction to distract the Eternals besides Icarus, like of what's going on. So they don't realize that the emergence is happening and the world's going to explode. And so I get why you use them in there. I just thought they should have been like, killed off like really early on in the movie maybe like even when they're in the amazon or some stuff like that like when they after they come back because the thing that drove me insane is when that deviant shows up for the final like fight at the final battle it's like god dang so you interrupt we get Icar- we're gonna get icarus versus Thina. we get a little bit and he the deviant interrupts that and honestly like at this point in the movie you're like wouldn't the Deviants and Eternals like literally like have reason to fight together like you don't really I don't understand why they're fighting at this point point. and it just felt like they used that to get to take Thena away to like help balance the power set I guess I just we thought we do
1: have a power balance issue throughout we've talked about that forever MCU has always had an issue balancing out the strength of the characters with it versus who they're up against, which I mm-hmm. think is a concern. I it's a sidebar. I have a concern for No Way Home in a sense because we are throwing so many things as far mm-hmm. as battling. Same with with Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. You're having all these big dynamic situations happening that you've got to balance out. So again, that part of the plot, deviance. Again, I would not. I would agree the deviance was a was a struggle. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. of that kind of situation. The the idea of how they were going to put the the plot point of, of how they handled the celestial in that situation, I actually wished that it wasn't as rushed as it was. Like mm-hmm. I would have liked that a little bit more because then the, the understanding that Drewig would put him to sleep in this whole situation. I liked that third act of the movie where we were having the discussion: how are we going to handle this mm-hmm. in terms of saving the world.
0: Yeah, um wh- on that note, um Peter, can you tell me what Cersei's powers are?
1: Cersei is the ability to manipulate matter into different forms of matter.
0: So she gets super charged up and can turn a celestial into stone and can turn Sprite into a human. I just thought that so- was so I just the whole time it was like wh- I don't know, I I just didn't know, like, what Cersei's powers were or what she could do, and I guess that's maybe a part of it, is she doesn't know fully yet, but it was just kind of like, well, that's convenient. Uh, I don't know. Like, how the... it When she turned Sprite into a human, I was just like, what? I guess she I think, did well, the tree thing, really but it,
1: she... it's just like, what? I right? think it's because she still, like, as she said, she still had remnants of the Unimind oh, like, over, overcharged from that, which is how she was kind of able to... Deal but. with Sprite, which we will talk about in the character situation, because I have a lot of issues character wise oh, that I do yeah. have issues with. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, I, she does mention it too when they're on the plane, because King, when Kingo asks her, "Who are you?" and she talks about how she can change, she was says water into air or something at one point. Or she talked. Yeah, about it was just change.
0: vague. I guess was my problem with it. But um, I thought Cersei was a good character. What were your thoughts on the Cersei Icarus love story?
1: So I personally liked it. I thought that that was a grounding. That was one of the good parts of the movie, in my opinion, because it. I think it worked in a sense that, again, why Ajax chose Cersei to be the one to be the leader of the Eternals, because Cersei looked at humanity in the way that was contrary to the Celestials mission. She looked at them mm-hmm. and she understood them. And so I think to, to her counterpart was Icarus, who was more like the mission, the mission. We don't veer from the mission. Like these are just part means to an end. But when he looked at Cersei, he was able to, like, there's a line where he says he's learning their language so that he can spend more time with her.
0: So and, and by he, that mean just stand in a doorway and stare at her creepily? Sorry.
1: You know, in a sense, in a sense, yes. Um, but I think he was able to look at humanity. Understand it because of how he felt about her, but because it wasn't in his nature to be that way, that's why he was so awful. And also, Icarus one thousand percent better than Dane.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Um. What else about the uh, Because I'm I'm down to like just talk about all the characters and like I'll let loose on some things. But is there? Let's talk about um.
1: I got one more plot,
0: I, though. Yeah, yeah, give me some more plot, because I realize a lot of my notes for the plot are just tied to characters. And that comment you just made about Icarus, I, I I'm going to talk about that. So,
1: great. Um, looking but forward to it. I like the way that we bounced around; that we were in different time periods. Yeah. There was the part though where they're in. Mexico. It is Mexico, right? Yeah, like the Aztecs. In... Aztecs. Techno- That's Mexico.
0: Techno- isn't it? Yeah, technochilean. I don't know. It's not a that place broadcast.
1: where we had. I feel like that was kind of disjointed. Like I understood why it was like, oh, she's got. We're gonna separate everybody. That's why it makes sense. But that just felt a little bit clunky to me. That kind of section of the time jumping Mm -hmm.
0: i thought they did a good one thing i will say the the intro they have when they play pink floyd's time pretty fucking sick that was awesome i thought they did a cool job of distributing the story of like the over the five thousand years to various parts of the movie rather than just kind of telling it chronologically i like how they used flashbacks i thought that was really cool i liked um I really liked the conflict, and I guess this is a little character, but the Druig had with watching how mankind just kind of uses tools and kills itself- kills each other with it because that's just the nature of man and the idea of them having to accept that. I thought that was really cool um and uh i i yeah all my other points are character points, but I thought uh the way they involved history was one thing that I really liked every time they did it and I wish they did more of it like I would love to see like I would watch a full Disney plus show or a movie that was the Eternals throughout the history of mankind and just little stories of like how did they build that stuff in Babylon how is thena known by the Greeks and Romans like what is that story I want to see them back in those times so while that was like my favorite part of the movie it was something I just wish we got a lot more of because it would help explain why they care about these people. Why are they worth saving? You know what I mean? I, I
1: thought think it was really a cool. Point. I think that's a great point because I think, especially now that we have had examples of how Disney plus works, like if how we're able to really explore these things and maybe it mm-hmm. is in the future cards for these different characters to show up because again, a lot of the, the majority of the actors did sign multiple picture contracts. The majority yeah. of these characters can be reborn, redone, rebirth, mm-hmm. rebooted And flashbacks because of even, but even in future tense because their memories are stored. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this mm-hmm. section, absolutely. But I think another thing the plot did well, in my opinion, is I think it really like deconstructed the superhero idea in a way that was like it poked, I poked at the things like of of the interventioning and in certain intervening in certain parts of life why they don't of why they are, you know, if you're all powerful, why aren't you doing more things? Like it definitely brought them, like disassemble them in a sense. Like here's what you typically expect out of a superhero, but let me pull it apart and make them flawed and let me mm-hmm. they have conflicts of interest, which I guess is a great way to segue into characters.
0: Yeah. What character do you want to start with?
1: I, want I, have to start... A, I have a
0: ranking one to five, one out of five you know, of every character. But that's just like you gave them
1: each a one through a five.
0: Yeah, five being great, zero being bad. Um, Let's
1: start with the leader. Start with Ajak.
0: Ajak got a three out of five for me. Um, I thought that I would have liked to know a little bit more of why Ajak chose Cersei and why. What was her bond with these people? Because she's theoretically done this tons of times, and she's the one who kind of can remember way back. So I would like to, I thought she was okay, but I would like to, have her, her character be developed a little more. Um, so she got three out of five for me.
1: I think I could, I, I think I can, I can jive with three out of five. I think she served more as, um, like a narration tool. I think like she helped us see, she helped guide the whole, we're splitting up the Eternals. She helps tell us this takes place five years after the snap. Like mm-hmm. all these things. She like, in pieces where it mattered like she provided little snippets but again i think there was so much more that could have been done with her though i do think she had when she had those scenes specifically the one the final one with icarus i think it really showed more of what she had a bit like that she could have offered the movie
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely um yeah so
1: i if we were to put this out of
0: 10 it might be like she might be like she'd be like a six out of ten five and a half out of ten uh i gave her the three instead of a two because of i don't really i just there's potential there that they didn't use i guess, and it wasn't like she was never a problem, so three out of five who who do you wanna do next
1: let's do uh let's do um let's do sprite let's just do sprite
0: um zero out of five was Annoying as fuck. Um, literally, like joined when she joined um, Icarus. It was dumb. It was just she just sucked. I did not enjoy Sprite in this. And I thought it was interesting. The one good thing about Sprite is how they compared her, like how she like created Tinkerbell, I guess I, I kind of liked that tie-in, but I thought she was annoying. I thought like the only cool thing she did was like in the history flashbacks when she was like showing like telling stories with their powers um, to her turning into a human at the end makes no sense to me because she's like a fucking robot, but zero out of five bad.
1: I definitely Sprite was my least favorite character of the film. And I felt like to your earlier point, I felt like the, if we're going to lean, have this Peter, Peter, Wendy, Tinkerbell illusion like it should have been shown a little bit more yeah like in the flashbacks I feel like they don't hint at it at all well the second time I watched it I did pick up on the in the wedding when they have the group picture at the wedding and she looks so pissed off and it makes sense the second time you watch the movie but yeah there should have been more and I thought I thought it was valid that she was the one that like stabbed Cersei I was like at least this character motivation matches up like you yeah you do say you're jealous that part worked for me because it was like cool but then again i felt like cersei let her off too easily like i but again that speaks to the character i guess in a sense of like i'm willing to forgive this look past this you yeah. messed up we're good we're gucci but yeah sprite was a miss for me
0: huge miss like that she's there's a couple characters couple. it's tough she's one that you would like take if you take at her out of the movie you could have devoted time to a lot cooler characters I guess is my point.
1: Especially since they underdeveloped that angle of her in the Icarus sort of yeah. dynamic situation.
0: I just didn't get it. Um, who do you want to do next?
1: Well, let's do um, uh, da, da, da. Giglamish.
0: Oh, okay, so my point with him, I'm going to give him a 4 out of 5. I just wanted more. I thought he was awesome. I thought I, I, I loved every part of that character. If we got more of him, he would have been a 5 out of 5. I thought uh, it sucked to have him have to die. Um, I thought the relationship that he had with Thena was the only thing in the entire movie that made Thena somewhat interesting was when she was playing off him. Well, I know that's a hot take. We'll get to her when, she, when we talk about her, but I, I thought Gilgamesh I, was great.
1: Yeah, and again, I think he was underused. I think it was because we do he have so many cool. characters. He was His power was cool. I, in a sense, I get why he died, because if you think about um, Ms. Marvel's coming out, isn't that her power also, like, the giant, the punching, this yeah. mm-hmm. situation? So I can see how maybe they're like, oh, we can't have two of the same thing in the situation, but I thought he did a great job, again, of grounding the movie. I felt like he, his relationship with Athena, especially, was, like, it was grounded. And again, it kind of showed... The layers of like why they care about humanity in a sense, because they have these qualities with each other. But, mm-hmm. And I think but again, I think he wasn't used as much as he could have been used.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he, was, he would have been a five out of five. if They used him more. And I. it's frustrating that they even included Sprite. If, if they just took out Sprite and gave him two more minutes, I would have really enjoyed that. Um, who do you want to go with next?
1: Um, Kingo
0: can go. Uh see I have him right now at a three out of five. But I'm gonna dock him to a two and a half out of five because he left before the final battle, and that was so stupid. And he was just like, I don't want to fight, and he just left. And it was like that's lame. So two and a half out of five for me. I'm gonna erase the or scratch out the three out of five and put two and a half. I thought his uh uh his uh like servant his uh val- valet guy or whatever his driver he was he was cool though i liked him he, you're you're um, you don't you're you're a little taken back no i will no, wait, say i I'm, <laughs> I'm not this negative usually people if you've been listening for, i'm not i'm just being honest about this movie like look when we watch the spider-man movie that trailer or that pod after that movie i'll probably be, be talking for two hours that's the coolest thing i've ever on seen
1: wood. No,
0: But, God, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. So I'm just being honest. Um Yeah, Kingo, two and a half out of five. It really killed me, the whole him not fighting the last thing. But I do like how he, like, had this whole, like, fake family he created because he doesn't age. I thought that was cool.
1: Um, well, th- what I was going to say, which is why I was – I wasn't taken aback by the ranking. I was taken aback by your rationale for the ranking because, like, it was literally – like on my brain, about to like I was about to say that exact same thing. So it doesn't. So that just took me back. I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me anymore that things like this happen on the podcast where it's yeah. like, one of us says what the other one is about to say. But that part bothered me because then at the end of the movie, he is captured because he is still part of the Eternals. So they're yeah, like, idiot. you idiot. Anyways, so like you should have just like I did think his powers though were some of my fav- were some of my favorites. What he did with his powers yeah the finger guns I felt like yeah the... I thought
0: that was cool my complaint about his powers would be it would have been cool if you know, it always looked like he was shooting like little like pistols you know but like why can't he make his fingers into like a bazooka and shoot some giant blasts or like I don't know I would have liked to see him like vary that up a little but maybe he's just soft because he left before the final battle um really quickly crow that uh deviant character zero out of five just wanted to throw that in
1: it 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 reminded me the most like it was a DC villain. It was it was Steppenwolf. It was that yep. vibe of like I'm I'm supposed to be cool and badass, but I'm not.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, I will say,
1: going back to Kingo, um, I felt like his vibe was the most MCU out of all the Eternals. Like
0: yes, the yes, humor, yes.
1: The, yeah, H- yeah. Him the and most. Fastos, I would say those two. Yes. Yeah, great segue let's move on to fastos one of the controversial characters of this movie for a lot of people fastos
0: my rating for him is a five out of five i thought um he was incredible him i think he's probably my favorite eternal in the movie um i thought that how they tied him into his guilt over giving humans technology and tying that into hiroshima um stuff like that how dejected he is with humanity but the way he finds love for humanity by like starting a family and he sees the good in humanity. I feel like he's the only character outside of Cersei. And I think it's even more effective with Bastos. You get why he cares for humanity because they, he, he lives among them. And I thought his humor when he comes in and just that whole vibe he has and the relationship with mankind that I thought he really saved the movie really saved it because if they didn't establish that before that last fight i think it would have been missing i mean i think it wasn't very good but i think it would have been a lot worse and i thought when he was using his powers on the beach against icarus that was fucking badass so fastos five out of five ten out of ten awesome character
1: see this is why we should be invited to review marvel movies before they come out because literally what you just said just blows up so many of the arguments against his character and what his character did in the movie and stuff yeah like it was, you, he was, that, awesome. was that was such a good way to do it i think again yeah and i think as you were saying like it was so how was that kiss
0: controversial i know people are soft and i also though don't believe that the ratings from the critics were because of that kiss i think that's bs and people who want the people to like the movie more they're blaming it on that you can say that of the general public, something like that might happen, but the critics before that get—they're not—they're not rating the movie low for that. But I also—I just thought, I mean, I thought it was—I thought Pastos was the best. He was a fantastic character. Sorry for interrupting.
1: Go. No, but I mean, that's good. That's a good segue because yeah, I think, but I think a lot of people did take issue with that, and I know a lot of people that take issue with that. Yeah. and that situation. people just care too
0: much about shit, Peter. I just don't care about anything. It's just like, I'm going to do me, you do you, and that's, like, it's all good. And it's just like, I don't know. That's to be
1: on the pineapple couch sweatshirt on the back.
0: Yeah, Jesus, people just need to lighten the fuck up. am sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting that you gave that ranking, because if we're talking in terms of looking comparing this to DC, which we'll do later, he was the Batman-type character to me, in the sense that he had all the tools, and he had all these things, and mm-hmm. he had this like op- friction with Icarus that I wanted to have seen it develop because it was like they hate each other. But like I needed I didn't really know why Like I wanted more.
0: Yeah. Why uh, is why there why that hatred there? Because he's not so, a, a, a grudge holding dude either. It's like yeah, it says something so, that he really hates. Like, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy.
1: But he, I, so I wanted more out of that idea. Yeah, I, would, I would agree with the five out of five because it was he was cool. I mean, we got, and I guess we can talk about this now is that they mention star Wars and they mention DC, especially Superman and stuff right here with this situation. Mm -hmm. And I I felt like it was in a sense, making MCU is reality and DC and star Wars are fake.
0: Yeah. It's a smart way. They're very, it's people at first like, Oh, well, they're referencing DC. That's good for DC. It's like, no, they're literally like calling you a fairy tale.
1: But, yeah, we inspired um, you. So, I appreciated that. I thought that was a nice little thing that we mm-hmm. don't see often in these movies. But yeah, I liked what he had. And yeah, he did have motivations that were grounded and kind of gave a lot. And his powers were sick. Like some yeah, of those the little disc thingies, and then how he pulled Dickers back so he didn't get away. Solid job.
0: Yeah. Sidebar. Um... I had there's like there was a leak in my bathroom like a week ago, and they came on Friday and they figured out what was going on. Um, Let's let's just say that somebody moved in upstairs. And when this person takes baths, does not support that. That's all I'll say about that. So they come on Friday, right? And then they basically say vaguely, like, we're going to come back on Monday. It's going to take all day. But like I didn't hear anything all weekend. I haven't heard anything today. I just am annoyed because it's like I keep checking my email on my phone. like, is some random dude going to show up to my apartment at any moment? I don't know. So that's uh, if you hear me clicking during the podcast, that's me checking my email. Sorry. But I mean, come on. Where is the professionalism? People tell me when you're going to fix the hole in my ceiling. Damn it. They'll
1: never do that. They'll just say it's this window of time between X and Z. And that's I don't even have screens on my
0: damn windows. I don't even have screens. (laughs) Unreal. Sorry, Peter. That was my sidebar. Who's the next character we should talk about?
1: Uh, Makari. Five out
0: of five. Um Only problem with her is that she was underused. I thought she was badass. I, um, I liked the connection she had with Druig. I liked the way that they showed her speed. I liked the way she, like, used her speed to fight Icarus. I thought, if you think about Justice League or those movies in DC, there is a scene where the Flash fights Superman, and... What Macari does to Icarus is everything I wish that that Flash Superman scene was. I thought that that was really cool. And it was basically a direct like shot at DC saying, we're going to use these two characters that no one even fucking knows about. And it's going to look cooler than the Flash versus Superman. And I thought that was an alpha move. I thought she was great. Wish we got more.
1: Five out of I was going to sound like an echo. But yeah, I think that scene totally took me back to that Batman versus... I mean, sorry, Superman versus the Flash where it was just... Mm-hmm you know, slow motion stuff, and it's just like, but here you felt the visceralness of the speed. Mm-hmm. You felt, again, I think a, such a good way of also shattering the whole power balance dynamic because in theory, that battle should not have been an equal battle, but she was giving it to Icarus left the, and right. More
0: like the, the way they showed the speed was more violent, more brutal, and I really liked that. I thought that was and cool. I, it showcased that. I think that. the
1: fact that they used this as the deck character too was so well Which it makes well sense
0: breaking the speed of sound would hurt your ears and yeah. she can do it because she doesn't so i i thought i thought that was great um and so yeah she five that,
1: five. i think it shows too that it, again this speaks to the, what Eternals basically was that anybody can see themselves in a superhero role in as a superpower and it's natural oh, yeah. it's normal it's it was in incl- this movie definitely did feel inclusive without being like i'm just checking a box i'm checking a box which on the yeah. surface, it could people could have been like, "Oh, this was all, this movie's servicing all this." I thought
0: it was going to be like that. Yeah, it and
1: like it, that. it was so natural. And mm-hmm. I will say, going to the comment about apparently the Druig Makari connection happened organically during filming; like it wasn't planned for that to be a thing. But just mm-hmm. because of how yeah, that's they why got they along, didn't put stuff. any
0: developing of it in the like in the beginning of the movie. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, who do you want to do next? Let's do <laughs> Druig. Um. I have three fives out of fives. We've talked about Fastos. We talked about Makari. Druig is the last five out of five. I really liked um, the misdirect they did with him of me thinking he was going to be a big villain and kind of thinking he was creepy and controlling people. Yes, he was a little creepy and controlling people, but it wasn't in a malicious way. I thought that the idea of him using his powers to... Um, put Ted Tid, whatever his name is, the celestial to sleep. Um, I I really liked him, and again, I I feel like I'm a, a broken record, but I wish we got a little more of him, because there are characters if we just cut out, we could have, maybe we'll do that going forward. But I thought Druig was great, and I'm looking forward to seeing him use his powers more rather than just on like people who don't really realize it maybe using him in like a fighting setting with like against bad I don't know. I like that. I liked him. What do you think?
1: I liked him because his vibe was again it was familiar to MCU but yeah, he again he was cool, still, he had swag, but still more of an elevate yeah, an elevated version of it in a sense. Like when he took out Sprite, it was like so it could it was just could have been like whatever, but the way he delivered it it was like thank you. It was like this needed to. It was just the perfect way to shut her up and just stop that. And when yep. they th- first met him, you know, in the Amazon, he had his whole... He didn't want to join them. He gave his reasons. It was or I thought, is definitely a strong character that you, don't, you walk into the movie like, it's not going to be a big deal character. And you leave the movie and you're like, I'm excited to see where he goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who do you want to go to do, do next now?
1: Let's talk about Thena, because here I think is where the road is going to diverge quite a bit for you and I.
0: Um... I, okay, I'm going to give you my ranking and I will then explain it. I have Dina at a two out of five. Um, I have a very huge conspiracy theory based on seeing this movie that for so like because of some sort of conflict or something, Angelina Jolie was never able to be there on set with everyone else. So that's why you only really had her interacting with characters in one-offs. And that's why she got pulled aside in the final battle because she probably wasn't there for filming or something because They sidelined her so hard. She was so underused. It's not Angelina Jolie's fault that this is two out of five. I just thought they massively wasted the talent she has in this movie, kind of just making her... It was like a MacGuffin or like an easy plot device because it's like, okay, whenever things are going well for the Eternals, we'll just have her forget and lose her mind. I just thought I don't mind the PTSD route they took with her. I thought they could have done it a little better. And I just, my biggest gripe, and I've said this a lot, but this is the most true of her more than any other character. They just didn't use her enough. And it felt like she was just kind of like neutralized um, and put off to the side. So not kind of like how the Hulk was turned into like Professor Hulk and can't really fight. That's what they that did to her in a way. But I'm shocked she's still alive. So hopefully that means we can get better stories with her in the future. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: no that's good i love this i love that we're that we're differentiating and things because honestly for me this was like a solid 4.5 character As it had the potential I to be that for with, me i agree that the sidelining did happen i and so when i went into the movie i i went in with the understanding that her it, that it was more dementia than ptsd for her like the way that they were approaching her character yeah. so to see that character and i think this was why they used Angelina jolie for this because i don't think someone else would have been able to carry that kind of balance of going like you're forgetting then you're remembering and mm-hmm. you're supposed to be the greatest warrior i thought her fight scenes were like super good i thought and i'm a big so when it comes to dc one of my the few saving graces is gal gadot's wonder woman and mm-hmm. i feel like Angelina Jolie Jolie thena did as good maybe a little bit better when it came to like the fighting situations
0: nah Peter. is my opinion and, Peter, I, and I
1: come uh, I on like that. i think there were moments where i was like especially if you think about the superman versus wonder woman in justice league the theme yeah. of the versus icarus glimmers I yeah, feel like... and
0: icarus they should have fought for 10 minutes i don't know why that was That was so dumb when they
1: it took them away yeah. So I think I think I liked her character. I thought it has the potential. I did not think she was gonna survive the movie. Yeah. Because as we saw, some of them didn't survive. Well, in quotations, didn't survive. Mm-hmm. But um I yeah, I would put her a little bit higher than your ranking. I, I enjoyed her performance in the movie. Okay. But again, sidelined. I didn't like the sideline of it. And that's an interesting theory that she just couldn't be there for so many with a lot of the things. Yeah. I did like that she got the hero speech to Cersei. I yeah, but that just was... that was
0: weird cuz there was no development of her and Cersei's like I don't know, I just wish a lot of these problems in this movie are solved if they just take out a couple characters. I I don't know. I'm being a negative Nancy, but I I see your point. I see your point. That's um right, so we have that's three that's characters right. left. We have Dane Whitman, Icarus, and Cersei. Let's the start love with, triangle. Let's start with uh Dane Whitman here. Um, I am obviously a big Kit Harington fan. I am bummed they marketed him so much for this movie because he really wasn't in it that much. Um, but I you mentioned how you would prefer Icarus and Cersei—that's what you like. I complete opposite. I would go Dane Whitman and Cersei because that illustrates Cersei's love for humanity. And I think what is throwing people off about Dane Whitman's character and Kit Harington in this is that he's kind of so pure and he's so happy in a way, if that makes sense. And so people are like, well, that's kind of weird to see him in this role. But then what you need to remember with him is that when he gets the Ebony Blade and becomes the Black Knight, that slowly corrupts him and makes him darker, more depressed, a little more violent. And so that's why I thought it was cool that they started him off at such a point of, um, like, innocence in a way for lack of a better word so i have him at a four out of five because it's just a small role it's a small role it's complete like thena i have it a two out of five but thena's just in it way more so there's more to be critical of there was not really anything he did that i didn't like and i think the the post-credit scene we'll just say it now where he is talking to like we blade docs to him That is the coolest thing to me that comes out of this entire movie. Is the Black Knight with Blade in that sort of part of the MCU? I think that's very cool. So in a limited role, four out of five, I understand if you go lower, a little of this is just I think that this character in the future, this was a good small setup for them. Didn't rush it. They'll be able to build up this character slowly, which I like. And I love Kit Harington. So that is my those are my thoughts about old Dane Whitman. So, disagreeing a lot. Let's hear it.
1: I feel if we're looking at it from like first introductions of a character, I would say I would, as because I would equate his character at the moment and his role in this movie was very much the Hope Van Hope role, the Pepper role, the Mm -hmm. Rachel McAdams character, whose name I can't remember, which is uh.
0: Whatever her name is, yes,
1: her. So it was. So it was for me. It was interesting to see a dude in that role. I Mm -hmm. thought that was. They did it to him in
0: season eight of Game of Thrones too. They just completely sidelined him and fucked him. But uh, keep going.
1: So I think that in that aspect, I thought it was interesting and refreshing. Like, okay, we're flipping the traditional MCU, you know, Mm -hmm. sidekick side love interest situation. I. I, I feel like in regards to this movie, I mean, yes, I, I'm aware there's a lot to come and there's lots of hope, especially with the ending where he's now, his motivation to go become his future self is because, you know, Cersei's been taken. Like, mm-hmm. he's gotta love, do something. I love that. I like the way that the, her prompting him to call the uncles will kind of got the ball rolling also with like, okay, now he's delving into his family side mm-hmm. and figuring things out. I Good just, tease. It, I was. It was. I feel like his character will be one that releases later. I will come back to this and adjust my ranking. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, I would give him a three. But I'm also just. I'm also maybe this is just me. But I'm sure there are people out there, and these are my people. I don't understand the his the Kit Harrington hype. But I, I, I and have you I watched Game of in pieces
0: throughout. You need to watch Game of Thrones, and then you'll understand.
1: Uh, Come you on, know? trust so that, me. Trust me. I, I'll trust give it a three. Me. I'll give it. I'll. I'll be generous. I'll do a three. I'll do. Okay. I'll generous.
0: Um Generous. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, who do you want to go Icarus next, and then Sir? Let's do Icarus
1: next. Yeah, Icarus. Yeah. Uh, I'll
0: let you go first.
1: So, for this one, I would honestly rank this a four point five. Close there because I I'm I'm always I always want villains that are more substantial than we get. So to see someone go that's from start off, you have the Superman character and go sour. It's like we don't get that with uh, the Superman. yet. I guess he was more violent in Man of Steel, whatever. But to see MCU's version of Superman, I was not disappointed. I was. I was I was there I was here for it I liked it Mm -hmm. I feel like in the end when he couldn't kill Cersei because he was reminded of everything I think that's textbook MCU I think stuff like that happens you know you look at everything and it kind of reminds you like oh I shouldn't do this I felt like it was a little rushed the whole going off into the sun like I get it because it's like. You couldn't do any. You can't complete your mission. And it's like go the back Icarus
0: flies too close to the sun, like the whatever. The so I
1: understood it. Like, was I happy with it? I was like, eh, I don't know if I was. I think that's why that my ranking isn't a solid five. But I think, and again, I think that the what Richard Madden brought to the role with the way he, when he would was talking to a to Ajak, and there was like the breaking in the character, like with the mm-hmm. crying and the stuff. I think that was fleshed out well in a way that we haven't really gotten other than Tony. I think, is Tony the only one that's cried in the MCU?
0: Uh Star-Lord.
1: I don't count Star-Lord, sorry.
0: Oh my he gosh. Oh, okay, now, now I don't even feel bad for what I'm about to say. Star-Lord.
1: Uh, Honestly, Icarus over Star-Lord.
0: All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, seatbelts. I lied earlier when I said Sprite was the worst part of this movie. Uh, If it was possible to give a negative number, I would. I have Icarus at a zero out of five. I, after watching that movie, I think I need to go back and rewatch Game of Thrones because I am now considering Richard Madden one of the worst actors, like, of all time. I thought it was, he was awful in this movie. I thought him and Cersei's relationship was him just creepily staring at her. I thought he was awkward. I thought he was just not good. It was like shocking to me how bad Icarus was like it. The reason the biggest reason this is a four and a half out of 10 and maybe it should be lower is Icarus. Nothing about him worked for me. I thought he was an awkward character and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again. I now am not sure if Richard Madden knows how to act is how bad I thought Icarus was. It completely took me out of a lot of stuff, how bad he was. And I think I'll just summarize zero out of five. And I will summarize my thoughts on Icarus with this sentence I wrote down. (laughs) Icarus spends the whole movie telling other returners he will kill them so he can complete his plan. He then doesn't. And proceeds to fly into the sun. It... It... it was awful. Icarus makes Captain Marvel... Like, re Larson's Captain Marvel... Like, she should get, like, 25 Oscars for it. I'm stunned. Like, I don't know if I can rewatch Game of Thrones scenes with Richard Madden in it. I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but it was i was shocked how bad he was that was my biggest takeaway from the entire movie it was just like holy shit this is is this real and it was and it was just it was honestly like watching the movie and how bad he was the whole time it was funny to me when he flew into the sun (laughs) it was like okay good god bye like i know he'll probably come back but it was just nothing about it worked i didn't buy and I don't know. I'm a negative Nancy, but that was the thing that killed me the most in this movie. Zero out of five, if possible, I would put negative a million. I boom. I'm sorry.
1: This is why we do so well in this podcast because you're not just getting one perspective; you're getting different perspectives, which yes, sometimes jive and other times don't. And that's uh-huh. that's what's totally rad about this. Like it's not like I'm stunned,
0: guy. Peter. I'm stunned. That I felt that way, but it was just like—I I mean, I'm not going to lie—it was just—it really was tough.
1: So I've got some off the podcast comments for us to discuss about this, be, like feedback about other things mm-hmm. to talk to you about. So remind me at the end. Yeah. But you know, I think again there was the point that is a very good point that I didn't think about. They didn't kill them, even though he said he was going to kill them, even the whole and, time. Except for except for Druig, who is the one he thought he killed, but. I, I, but I, how would you compare him to Superman then? Would you say Superman was better?
0: A hundred times better. I don't even like Superman. Interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: Henry Cavill, I I don't like the character of Superman. I just, as like in a whole, I don't think it's that entertaining because you need to literally find a rock from another planet to kill him. But Henry Cavill's Superman is perfectly cast. Perfectly cast. And he's a better actor than Richard Madden. I mean, it was just my God. Now I, I, you don't know what this means, but now I honestly don't feel even that bad about the red wedding that more anymore in Game of Thrones after watching this movie. It was wow. Um, in other news, uh, Peter, let's talk about Cersei, who is the main character of this movie. I gave Cersei. her a four and a half out of five. Thought she was awesome. See, and I didn't old...
1: see that coming from you after after everything we've been building up to with this moment, guys. Thought she was great. Not
0: see this coming. I I thought she was great. The reason she doesn't get a five is she's like a four point two five. Honestly, um, just the vagueness of her powers is the only thing that really like uh hurt her for me. And maybe that's me needing another rewatch so I can fully understand. But um, I mean honestly, she probably isn't a five either because of her. She has to be in scenes with Richard Madden, which just hurts everyone. So, but. I thought she was great and I look forward to her um being a big part of the MCU in the future. If I had money to put down who are going to be the two biggest stars from the MCU to come out of this movie, Cersei and Dane Whitman. Not close, I think. But I liked her. So,
1: she was good. I thought she was really good. I thought she's she also really hot. Like...
0: Just don't need to say that. She's so hot.
1: And she's like a movie star. Like like it's like yeah. legitimate like it is. I mean, this movie has a bunch of that in that, but I think the way her character was something, it was a kind of like a breath of fresh air in a sense for what we've had for mm-hmm. so long in the MCU. And I, and I like that she was plucked out of the dumpster at fire that was Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and given another opportunity to do got more to put than just in a green. little
0: A little better of a dumpster is where she got to go. Sorry, that was a low blow. Keep going.
1: <laughs> no I thought she was great I, I did see what I what I think is fascinating that some of the critiques are people are like the tone of her voice never like was differed which I don't agree with I think that the way she delivers her lines and also it she how she speaks with like her face also I think is what really made it so it, it drove home points that would have just been kind of like mm, clunky but again she needed I think again nobody had enough to do in this movie like They should have Mm -hmm. given... Everything needed to have breathed a little bit more. And she got the most, and she
0: still um, could have used more development, I think. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think... And I like that there was the consequence to, oh, you killed a celestial, so now we're plucking you out of the world, basically, like... Which is the Mm -hmm. end of the movie, which brings us to the end of the movie, where she, Kingo, and Fastos get taken by...
0: Uh, Our... Our... our, Arshimon, Arishima, whatever, the giant giant robot space thing. and
1: he takes them, and they're gone, which, you know, I think that was something that we don't really get. That kind of ending, uh, that big of an ending cliffhanger, I don't think we get, where it's like we're taking the actual heroes, and you're gone. Aside from, you know, the four... Infinity War. (laughs) I would say this is...
0: um... This is kind of similar to this ending is similar to um, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, with his identity being revealed. I I like how they're giving us those cliffhangers. This is probably a little bigger, but I mean, actually, Peter Parker's identity being revealed is bigger in terms of like that. But I I see what you mean. Um, So we're through all the characters here. Peter, let's end this by talking about like how this fits in the MCU overall. Maybe like a best moment, um, what we think the cosmic future of the MCU is, and just kind of where do we go from here? Um, I have a couple things down, like theory type things that can I uh, share some with you?
1: By all means.
0: Um, one thing that was really fucking awesome in this movie that I don't think is being mentioned enough, unless I'm not looking in the right places, is that um, this was clearly this situation like the emergence of the celestial was uh referenced in an avengers endgame with the earthquakes under the ocean so it was cool to see that tight we all thought that was going to be atlantis but no this is the emergence so i thought that was cool but speaking of atlantis we just saw the birth of why namor is going to be mad because the celestial doing that in the ocean is going to fuck up atlantis and he is going to blame someone maybe wakanda we'll see but I really think that this is this is huge for the introduction of Namor. That was like a big thing I was thinking of after I saw the movie. What do you think?
1: I think that I think again that callback to the the, the details you don't think are going to get called back to in Endgame shows that
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: MCU is wide and their their storyboards must be just huge. Like you know, they what connections to what, and again, I think it would be interesting to see because where do you go with these characters is a great question. Like I mean, obviously the most Obvious point, I feel like, is Guardians of the Galaxy would be the most obvious to tie into mm-hmm. maybe Thor. Where, I mean, Thor, we do hear, knows them. Thor knows, according to Kim yeah. Thor Thor, Thor knows the Eternals. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is that aspect. Because, again, we are left in space with our first post-credit scene. It does take us to space where we yeah. have three of the Eternals who we did not expect. I mean, I didn't expect to be the ones that would be, like, left standing doing something
0: yeah so they, i think
1: go ahead.
0: um where we go from here i agree uh, uh guardians makes the most sense because of cosmic tie-ins i'm just i am unsure of whether how the guardians will move forward after this next movie is it like are they going to just kind of revamp the team a little or what are they going to do so that's the only reason why it wouldn't tie in um I think that where we go from here, there's like a couple paths that this movie, like four paths that this movie has created. I think you have the one we talked about earlier with Dane Whitman becoming the Black Knight. And then him, his path will probably take us to meet characters like Blade, obviously Moon Knight, some of the darker uh, MCU side, Morbius maybe. I mean, that trailer looks awful, but that's another stop topic. Um, so that's one path that this movie is taking us in the other path that we have is we'll we'll say this now is we see Pip the Troll and Star Fox played by Harry Styles Star Fox Thanos's brother um they're showing up to help find Eternals so where I think the group looking for Kingo Cersei and Fastos they are on a quest To find those, not only those Eternals, but maybe other ones and wake them up from what's been going on. And this is going to lead to a conflict with uh, Er Irishima, whatever the uh, Celestial's name is. So that's another path. And then um, the one path that is a little down the road will be uh, Cersei and uh, probably Dane Whitman joining the Avengers. What am I missing there?
1: I don't think you're missing anything. I think that's an interesting point that Cersei, yeah.
0: She's in the comics, she's in the Avengers for a long time.
1: Right, so I think it makes makes sense. And I think what's so fascinating with this phase four is how wildly different it looks than phase one through three. I mean, it's what the teams are going to look like and what people are used to seeing isn't what you're necessarily going to get, which I think, going back to my earlier comment about watching winter soldier is i think and i think i like that more so i don't think i would want to just still see repeats of what we've already done it wouldn't make sense to yeah like what i still want universe. captain and iron man sure but would i want to see the same story i don't i wouldn't we've had those stories mm-hmm. we yep. ha- they're at our disposal to watch again if you want to see them but in order for the storytelling to continue to grow we do need to go to bigger places and we are taking bigger swings here we've got as we said, the cosmic situation going on here. We've got the magic that Wandavision is unlocking. We also have mm-hmm. the whole multiverse exploding situation happening.
0: Yeah. So, exactly. and in the
1: midst of all this, you've got, you know, Black Panther. and You've got the new Captain America, and you've got Bucky, and you've got the Power Broker, and then you've got Shang Chi. All these grounded stories, but there's still mm-hmm. that element of where do we the go? Mutants. And the When they show up, I think we're just going to continue to just. Just, things are just getting bigger and it's like and mm-hmm. if people aren't on board with that it's like you have to remember that's what this this the comic books have so much to offer it's not just this one team one situation you have and like we said you said Cersei's gonna join the Avengers like all this evolving look of what the team is and, and I think that's what makes it so great that they have the ability to really dive into those places and restructure things and create new stories
0: mm-hmm yeah, I, I agree. I think it's exciting what they're doing. Um, last thing, because we're at almost an hour. Look at us; we've been going for a while. Um, what was your favorite move moment of uh, this movie? Let's end it with let's end it on a positive note for this movie. We should do our favorite moment. If you need time to think, I'll say mine was when um, Could, Fastos yeah, uh, Fastos used the things to like restrain Icarus on the beach. Thought that was super cool. Kind of reminded me of the Ten Rings as well.
1: I I want to say it was the the fight in the Amazon. I think okay. that's the one where everyone was still kind of together. Except for Athena was silent. But that's where you really got to see Kiglamesh fight. You got to see Icarus fight the Deviant. You got to see Cersei change the Deviant into a new structure. You got to see Kingo battle. So I think it was the most cohesive moment of the movie for me. So mm-hmm. I think that's why some I really funny parts that. too,
0: with the camera dude.
1: Yeah. It, it was very MCU. It was MCU on a different level, a different scale with different stuff going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts here before we wrap up episode 129 of the pineapple couch?
1: You know, it was, it's great to have these episodes where there is, you know, there's some mm-hmm. different things. And I think this is our first like official movie review. Mm -hmm. which is pretty Mm -hmm. great
0: next week we'll do shang chi
1: which i think again is going to be a little difference maybe some differences we have different
0: it will be a lot more uh positive shang Shang chi is a hundred times better movie than this not a hundred because that would mean it would be a 45 out of 10 but you know what i mean um
1: (laughs) so yeah so a lot to look forward to and then you know we've got hawkeye coming up on the horizon boba fett well yeah so i was about to say yeah again not to surprise me you say it as i'm thinking it but like other Mm -hmm. we're taking a couple other roads aside from mcu so
0: yeah and stranger things season four is coming up soon see and peter's gonna watch game of thrones so that's what we're gonna have happen um peter thank you so much for joining
1: of course always a blast all
0: right this has been episode 129 of the pineapple couch happy monday everyone let's have a great week love you all god bless (laughs) Bye. <laughs>